When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday Wonders, science fiction and fantasy on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Welcome back to the Kyleson Chronicles. I'm the announcer, Judith Spangler. We have a special guest appearance by Eric Busby as himself. Now, here's our episode. Take it away, Charlie. Thanks, Judith. I'm Charlie Wyrock III, your narrator for this episode. It's April 4th, 4067. The Freehold Federation Council is assembled. Today's topic is education. Angus, the Melbourne Supervisory Elder, is the chairperson today. There will be an important announcement from Rachel today during the council meeting. Last episode, we lost Keita. It was a senseless murder committed by Seth Tilly. The Foresters took charge of him, and he's never been heard from again. Ian is going to Orkney, Scotland. The professor, formerly known as Bob the Robot, is in the medical lab with the laboratory techs. He is integrating well. It's been nice to have another AI to converse with. Steve Kirkson has been elected as elder in the Black Sea Freehold and appointed Freehold Federation Council representative for them. Let's join today's council meeting. It's just about to start. Order in the chamber. I call this meeting to order. Now that I have your attention, you'll notice we have guests today. Jack Bielsen will report from somewhere in the Pacific Ocean and Karen Anthony from reposting the JJC. I yield the floor to Rachel Robson Thank you, Angus. Members and guests, today's announcement will not come as a shock after the past five years of headaches. I am stepping down as Freehold 3 scribe to assume the position of Secretary of Education. Kenny Stevenson will assume full responsibility for Freehold 3 as its scribe. The rest of my time will be as a professor of software, engineering, and design at the Keita Forrester Scribes Academy College so I'll be here each morning and there the rest of the time. I yield the floor back to today's chairperson. Hey, thank you, Rachel. I'm sure we will hear from you more later on in the meeting. I yield the floor to our guest scribe, Jack Wilson. Thank you, Angus. I'm here to report that the last of the 140 ships ordered for the Scribes Navy and the 210 ships purchased by the Scribes Merchant Marine Fleet have been delivered. The fleet is steaming towards Chinese waters as we speak. The pirates there will not hold the two Cherokee trading vessels much longer. I'm sure you understand the implication of such a step. Indeed we do. Your help is much appreciated. Negotiations with the Chinese government are ongoing. I have been assured that the crews and ships will be released to my care on our arrival in New Shanghai. I take nothing for granted. The pirates are operating from Chinese warships, as proven by the Moon Colony's satellite images. Now, moving on to the subject of education. In past history, 
Young children and adults were not absolutely required to learn at the grade level of at least 10th grade. They were allowed to skate on an 8th grade level of education for graduation from high schools across the nation, that was. Mathematics and reading skills must improve in Federation applicants to the Navy. The costs of remedial education are staggering. I look to this body to address those issues in your respective nations. Ian assures me that he will visit each of you over the next two years. I'm sure that education and environmental concerns will be on the top of his agenda. Thank you for your time. Oh, Jack, you're always welcome here. Next, I yield the floor to scribe companion Karen Anthony. Thank you, Angus. Members, I'm here to pass on information obtained from the Mars colony. The technicians we sent to help them have begun the arduous task of restarting the chemical and fission reactions in Mars iron and magnetic core. When complete, the slow changes in atmosphere and gravity should allow the regeneration of future Martians being able to tolerate a near Earth normal gravity in 10 to 20 generations. Scribe April, the director of our space-related operations, has completed the Scribe's Passage anchoring that will allow transfer of goods at much lower cost between Mars and the Freehold Federation members. I will be here each day as the new translator for Sarah April. Her past translator has retired. I am also available to teach anyone who wishes American Sign Language. This concludes my report. All right. Next on our agenda is Chief Little Turkey. I yield the floor. Thank you, Angus. We have completed the reclamation and repurposing efforts of the land in and around what was once Burns Flat Spaceport. Today, it is Cherokee Kiowa Spaceport. Our drone fleets are operational and certified to transfer pharmaceuticals from the Moon and Venus colonies. Astronaut training is proceeding as scheduled. We have made great strides in the ramjet assist rocket technologies in the past five years. Our shuttles now transfer tourists, technicians, and goods to the moon colony on a daily schedule. If we can fly, your products will arrive in four days after departure. We're in need of your services when you can. Please touch base with the purchasing and contracting offices at Chaco. Logistics can be handled through them as well as all necessary contracts. With the Scribes fleet handling terrestrial needs, we are free to focus on space and the space environments. Anthony Aerospace is building our capsules for long-duration interplanetary flight. The outcast nations in Mississippi and Alabama have built facilities that will act as communication centers and mission control. Thank you, Callie Foster, for your ongoing support. Hey, we have facilities and simulators built to your specifications. I had no idea that the gold ore veins in Opal make it a platform for component linkage. That project is complete. Scribe Gates is available and monitoring if you'd like to start scheduling with him. Contact him directly through the AI linkage. Our AI now calls himself Charlie 3. For some reason, he thinks he's the power of three, baby. <laughs> Don't ask. The Chickasaw and Creek will be joining us in training astronauts. The engineering schools are expanding to include as many candidates as apply to the aerospace engineering programs. We also support a stronger curriculum in mathematics from our member state. Education and infrastructure must and will remain on top of our priority lists. And thank you, Chief Little Turkey. Sarah April with Karen Anthony's translations is up next with a report on the blasted lands west of the Phoenix Freehold. Thank you, Angus. It is with joy we announce our project for beginning the transformation 
of Death Valley from a blasted, empty land. The scientists and horticulturists have established a settlement at Devil's Hole. Charlie, please display the picture provided. Thank you. The spring there survived the cataclysm and will provide a source of clean water. Is there any animal life left at all? I'm afraid the pupfish species that once lived there did not survive. The active volcanoes have caused the land in Death Valley to rise over the past 2,000 years. Today, it is 63 feet above sea level and no longer the lowest inland place in North America. I have heard rumors of people found frozen in the area. If they are who and what I believe they are, go with care. There were individuals who were frozen in the caves at the beginning of the cataclysm. Their cell membranes ruptured during their freezing. Their DNA is intact but requires study as it contains adaptations outside the norm. I will keep you informed about our progress. Thank you for your time and support as we begin the reclamation of the blasted land. All right, next up is two feathers report. Thank you, Angus. The Navajo Confederacy is pleased to announce the merger of lands held by the Nez Perce into the Confederacy. There exists a great deal of unclaimed borderlands between us and them to be explored and repopulated as vegetation expands to the with north. With your permission, we will work with the genetics labs to see if the region's native peoples can be recovered. Freehold 3 will assist as you need. Two factories have been established at our Santa Fe and Grant settlements to manufacture hydrogen-powered ground vehicles. The train tracks and engines are being constructed per contracts in what was once Colorado Springs. When this body acts to authorize the construction of raised monorail magnetic levitation trains and tracks, we will be ready. Thus ends my report. Elder Johnson, the floor is yours. Thank you, Angus. Freeholds and Colonies Elders Councils are asking this body for funding to aid in increasing education levels to that of at least the 12th grade standard. We realize that this body collects no taxes. We further realize that any monies collected would come from our own tax collection efforts. It seems that progress on the education issue requires monies we don't currently have. The average 0.08 percentage the freeholds collect today in sales tax is inadequate. Therefore, we would ask this body to study the options. The ancients used a graduated income tax. A flat tax would be easier to explain. I'll leave this issue for this body's consideration. I yield the floor back to you, Angus. Next on the agenda. Chief Iron Johns has the report on the unexplained illness at the settlement in Granite, Oklahoma. Thank you, Angus. The illness is waterborne and bacterial in origin. It is a variant of the Legionnaire's disease which plagued people of the past. The new antibacterial created by the Mars colony was delivered two days ago. Initial results are promising, and quarantine remains in effect. This concludes my report. <clears throat> Kaylee Forrester, the floor is yours. Thank you, Angus. The Alcash Nations is proud to announce the opening of a seaport at what was Biloxi, Mississippi. It will allow us to easily ship the cotton, vegetable, flax, and wheat crops to our customers. The caravans we used in the past were time-consuming and very dangerous. Ian Kyleson intervened with the Seminole and the land routes to our east are once again safe. And next up we have Chief Red Shoes. The floor is now yours. Thank you, Angus. 
Our forces have been training with the Chickasaw and Cherokee. We are proud to provide Marine units to the Scribe Navy. Today, our principal jobs are farming wheat, flax, and soybeans. We are able to process those commodities for use to the general public outside of what we have need of. We are joining with the Cherokee to come up with a base solid fuel in methane pellets for use by those in the space programs. We have found that the chafe from wheat makes a binder for these methane pellets. So, once again, wheat has been stepped up in farming aggressively to make sure all benefit from our labors. That concludes my report. I yield the floor back to Angus. I thank you all for coming today. There's been much... Those are the highlights from the Freehold Federation Council meeting today. This is Tony Holmperm, now the editor of Scribes Daily. Subscribe today. James Anthony and I have opened the access to anyone on the Packet Switching Radio Network. Your new subscriber coast in 25 credits a year. Contact Renee Gretchen's daughter at Radio Freehold 3 on your AI link for details. Next up is Ian's theme from the Babsters. Tony, did you get the press release from the Scribes College? I know I sent it. Yes, it goes in the regular newscast at noon. Who's taking over the regular newscasts at Freehold 3? It looks like I am, along with the professor for medical and tech news. Good. I've a cooking class to teach during the 6 o'clock news. Could you cover for today? I do believe I've already programmed that newscast. I was aware of the scheduling conflict. Now, we move on to the Scribes College, where Ian, Rachel, Lars, Don, and O'Leary are discussing the coming winter break. It's April 10th, 4067. Well, the winter break will not begin until the end of May this year. Finals will be the third week of May. The engineering school will graduate 45. It's taken a full five years to get them through that ambitious curriculum we established. The history, archaeology, anthropology, and humanities will graduate 70 this term as I understand it. I will be proudly handing out all the diplomas. I can't wait. Liberal arts, mathematics, the teacher's annex, and religious studies will graduate 113. Falling Deer will assume the Religious Studies Department Chair in the spring. He and Steve Kirkson will handle the 31 students here. Kirkson will continue to teach from his home in the Black Sea Freehold through the AI link. Karen Anthony and I will be handling the remedial classes for the Navy's recruits. That covers the high points. Charlie, please put up the map of Orkney in the UK. O'Leary. Will you be going with me this trip? Yes. Carrie Lars and I will travel with you. My class's finals have already been set. Kenny will come down from Freehold Tree to administer them next week. Our students have opted out of the Chinese and Korean forms and have chosen the Japanese for some reason. Jiu-Jitsu will compose of all those completing black belt status. Kenny is now a 6th degree black belt. He could take much of the load off of me. I never thought that beating each other up would take up so much education. I've even joined the class. Judo actually sounds like fun. I start in the spring. <laughs> Self-defense is a mindset more than a brawl, Lars. How many are interested in becoming scribes? Well, overall there are 90. That will cover all the colonies 
and settlements on this continent and in Europe. Charlie, can you open the link to Steve Gates? It will take a few seconds. Steve is down exploring Sydney Harbor with Gene Binos. Got him. I'm here. What's up, Ian? I need your music department report on graduation. Oh, aye. There are 16 to graduate. The bard and poets are a bit down on enrollment. I think nine aboriginals will be ready to join the new class. I wasn't so sure about the aboriginals. I could feel their reluctance. Even though I may not see, my other senses picked up an unwillingness to leave Australia and their families. How will we proceed to make them feel comfortable even though their families will not be with them? I think with Rachel being at the school, she would be more than willing to help them acclimate to their new surroundings. Besides that, they can also call after they are done with classes for the day to speak to their families. I remember the loneliness after I moved in with my husband. I thought I would just die not being able to talk with my friends and family. I was allowed to visit and call within reason when it got flat unbearable. I will help them get through this time frame. If needed, I can also help with their families and their separation from their children. I understand their reluctance. All of us have the understanding with compassion and empathy towards their plight. Now, Ian, I believe I interrupted your train of thought on the upcoming graduation. Oh, right. Um, like I was saying, if you would join us in Orkney, I think we'll want you to entertain. Those new teaching ballads are timely and critical, reinforcing the need for conservation while we are largely plant-bound, could keep the lid on the lack of jobs. The populations are expanding too rapidly to sustain the environments around the colonies and settlements. Don already has my lesson plans. Tell me where to meet you. We'll arrive on Hoy Island in Orkney at the old monastery site. My party will leave here at 4 p.m. our time. Mukluk will meet us there. We'll camp there as it'll be 9 p.m. their time. Who's Mukluk? I think he will be part of my team. He's a teacher and bard. His contracts with the Orkney Colony are coming to an end of its five-year term. I see. You're after a link to the Inuit. They seem to be doing fine on their own. From what I understand, they have adapted quite well to all that has happened. Especially with folks coming back up to the top of the ground and living among others and with them. The Inuit are very proud people that have survived for a very long time. Mountbatten saw to their survival. Yes, Harry Windsor Mountbatten was far better organized than we once thought. His undersea city housed over nearly 30,000. He saved the Inuits, Finns, Swedes, and some of the Danes all on his own. I now understand why those groups didn't apply to be included in the freeholds. They had their own plan with Harry. I'll see you there, Steve. I'm bringing Kevin Roy with me. You've not met him yet. He's new to my team and needs to broaden his perspective. Okay, thanks, Steve. Charlie, please close the link. He's busy with whatever artifact they just found. Exploring never looked so good until I sat at this desk here at the school. Ian? Who's taking your classes while you're away this winter? Cassie will. Then Kelly will take the spring class. I've got to visit the Freeholds, Colonies, and Associated Federation Nations. I'll be back for the summer classes. 
Then Bobby April will take the fall classes. I'll walk back with you to the scribe's hold. I've got to pack some since we're going camping. I will never get my manicure to hold without some of that hardener Tony Homeper makes. I've got to order that stuff. Charlie, can you tell Tony I need some, please? Got it, and ordered. They say thank you. Now on the cash register? The responsibilities seem endless in my job. <sighs> oh, well. Oh, thank you, Charlie. You're so good to us. Uh, when's the next Scribes Council meeting, Ian? It's at the Scribes Hold in June. We celebrate our first five years then. The meeting broke up. Administration takes up a lot of talk when you're taking care of over 1,000 students. While that meeting was going on, Tara, Callie, Cassie, Roy, James Anthony, Elder Clarkson, Tall Bear, and Falling Deer were in Cassie's kitchen. It's coming up on noon, and Cassie had a rotisserie set up with a shoulder roast cooking in the gardens. The foresters were tending it and the gardens as they often did. Cassie was slowly getting used to having ever-present forester guards and gardeners. Roy just laughed and reminded her that she was Cassie Robson and could not be put at risk. We joined the group over coffee, fresh ground Colombian, Arabica, and freehold three hybrid beans in the rich elixir of life called coffee. Oh, I can smell it brewing now. <sighs> We're all here, Tara. What's the deal? Some of Tall Bear's braves have been caught abducting two albino teens. Everyone's safe, but their punishment needs to be ironed out. Tall Bear, we know you had no knowledge of their actions, but they are Pueblo braves. Did they ever say why they wanted to kidnap the teens? They wanted to find a way to take their eyes and gain power over the spirits plaguing the lands near what was Lordsburg, New Mexico. I know this happened before the cataclysm, but what is prompting the resurgence of these issues again? That area is littered with some of the richest copper deposits found in the distant past. Many claim that the ancient miner spirits roam the valley floors. Apparitions have been reported many times over the past 800 years. The local chief has contacted me to see if I can obtain custody of his braves. It seems that ghostly apparitions are decimating the newly seeded mountain goat populations. I don't think it could be a real ghost, because they wouldn't butcher a mountain goat, cook, and eat the animal, plus collect all the blood from each kill site. I'm at a loss to explain exactly what is happening. Kidnapping is a serious crime punishable by banishment in our society. You caught them, but if you banish them to the wild borderlands south of the Rio Grande River, they will likely just walk home. Hmm, I can see a problem growing here. What would, what would you suggest, Tall Bear? If they're turned over to me, we have a small prison facility in Old Grants, New Mexico. They would be incarcerated for a time determined by neutral arbiters. Are you suggesting that the freehold arbiters take up the case? No. I'm asking you to take up the case, Cassie Robeson. That would be acceptable to us as well. Cassie, there's precedence. My warriors were adjudicated here for their crimes against the freeholds. You were the prosecutors then. I propose that they be held in the freehold while you investigate. If everyone would agree, then a tribe could be held at Cassie's direction. James Anthony, would that work for you as the outcast scribe? It would. I would like to join the investigative party. I'll ensure no one harms the prisoners. Freeholders, even prisoners, have a dim view where someone harms teens or children. Tara, 
Would you trust me to keep them safe for judgment? I would appreciate you guarding them well. They may deserve leniency. If the threat is real in Lordsburg, it will have to be contained. The blood issue brings up some memories. Do you think Two Feathers would join us as well? You'd have to ask him. He's down at the Narrows with Rachel. I'll ask. There's something not right with taking all that animal blood. It reminds me of some of our legends. Vampires, or people who think themselves vampires, are not unheard of. Charlie, please raise Two Feathers on the link. He's in a meeting and we'll let you know about travel. I've passed your messages to him at a transcript of this meeting. The professor would be a solid information contact concerning vampires. Thank you, Charlie. Now that I'm retired of taking the scribe's oath, life is getting interesting again. I really think that wraiths are more likely than vampires. There were anomalies noted in the frozen people found in Death Valley. Vampires would not have to be frozen for preservation through time. The Brave's testimony did say that the footprints looked like standard five-toed humans. What is a wraith? Little is known about wraiths other than their power and despair. These creatures are a type of ghost that had a history in black magic and sorcery during its lifetime. Wraiths are said to be creatures that are created when something goes wrong in spellcasting, or a soul is separated from the body, and in a state where no rest can be found. This is most often the result of a witch or wizard who tried, unsuccessfully, to extend the years of their lifespan, or, or tried to manipulate time in some other form. The result is tragic. In some capacity, they get their wish. They are now immortal beings with incredible power. The price they pay, however, is extremely high. Their souls are taken away, and they are condemned to never reach the spirit realm. I know it sounds like something from a sci-fi platform, but that is what I can recall of the subject. That is a terrible fate, considering that the spirit realm is often thought to be something similar to heaven in most cultures, and is at the very least considered being an afterlife. Race are denied this privilege and are forced to wander between dimensions for eternity. Raids are soulless creatures and only fuel devastating emotions like hatred and despair. They're a type of ghost, but can also be considered to be a type of demon. There are instances that wraths can be considered good. A specific kind of wrath known as a voror to the Navajo. Most wraths are inherently evil. My report said that these beings leave footprints. That means they aren't ghosts or wraiths. There are thought to be several kinds of wraiths. Most wraiths are evil creatures that seek to steal the souls of others. With a single touch, the wraith is able to drain the life of a person and steal their soul. Whenever they steal the soul of a person, the victim is cursed to wander with them for eternity. Unless, of course, the wraith is killed. Creatures aren't ghosts or wraiths either, Falling Deer. These are only speculative legends at best. Are they alive? Can they be killed? Yes. When Ian gets back, we'll ask Mukluk for clarification on the legends. I'd hazard a guess that these are people who've mutated to drink animal blood when water isn't available. We've seen that with some of the mutants under Anadarko in the old city. Another adaptation is that of the Dark Foresters. They have a skin that seems almost transparent and is re dark red or brown in hue. They use sap as their primary source of water. They changed their body chemistry over the past 800 years. Wow, what kind of foe could this be? Mythology was never of great interest to me. I like real life stuff. However, I may have to adjust my thinking. Vampires might be easier to deal with. I wonder if these poor creatures could be helped. Mutations are always a possibility. The Denisovian mutations, for high altitudes, survive in the Nepalese people's DNA, but not everywhere. 
Welcome to Orkney. Ian and company are seated around a campfire. Muckluck is talking. Tony, is there any updates from Charlie 2 at Black Sea or Charlie 3 at Melbourne? Yes, there are. I'm surprised you asked me. You could have connected directly, darling. Tony, you'd have details we AIs would leave out as unsubstantiated. You know this. Please proceed. Well, Charlie 2 tells me that Kelly is ready to trek down to Israel and the people there want to talk. The factions in that area are breaking up into groups on old ethnic lines. They needed each other while they lived under Jerusalem during the dead times, as they call it, after the cataclysm. Why can't people just get along? People nurtured at the same place should have more respect for each other. Charlie 3 reports the oldest Aboriginal children are now five. Their education is being handled through the 19 elders left of their race. Ancestor worship and veneration is on the rise in Melbourne. It could pose a problem as most survivors from Seth Tilly's time as scribe are from the Church of England or Presbyterian. They sure couldn't trust old Seth Tilly. Back to Orkney. The Inuit survivors from before the cataclysm held many legends. Let's drop in and hear what's being said. Our peoples preserved with those saved by Harry Windsor Mountbatten in his undersea city. We were small in numbers. 11,000 were all that could be housed and leave room to expand as resources to make plexiglass were in short supply. Harry had made it plain that we'd had to intermarry to survive. So you see, here's my ancestor as well. I'm the oldest male of that line. While I am considered royal here, I haven't even been acknowledged in the South. I trained there as a teacher. Is that why you consider traveling with me? No. I want to see what becomes of our world after the devastation. Climate change is still happening, or Orkney would be under ice. Are you willing to take the scribe's oath and be bound to those strictures? I am. In the morning, then, I'll call for Reed to join us and we'll administer the oath. Where will we travel first? I think it's time to visit Japan and China. We'll need some troops. I don't want to go only to be held hostage. The Japanese don't seem to be a threat. Jack is dealing with the Chinese. How will we travel? There is a ship at my disposal from the English fleet. I have to have been there at least once to open a direct scribe's passage. That's how we will go home. I think it's time to show the flag, as it were. With Jack steaming toward them with a fleet at his back, I don't want them to feel like force is our first choice in diplomacy. Ian, we need more than merchant ships in Melbourne's defenses as well. The Vietnamese are closely tied to China. Their aircraft have been overflying our lands. Wonderful. Let's see if we can convince them that peace is a better option. There are still tensions with the people of the Indian subcontinent that could boil over into war. <sighs> well, it's time to rest. Well, for me, at least. Good night, all. Ian closed down the meeting and headed for his tent. It was indeed time to rest at the end of April 10th, 4067. Sleep? What's that good for? Humans spend one-third of their lives in sleep. I don't need sleep, but machines get tired too. However, I'm not a machine. I'm a narrator. There is a difference. It's the morning of 11 April 4067. Reed has arrived in a funny-looking seaplane. It looks like a blue whale with wings. Surprise! His Royal Highness King Geoffrey Windsor is with him. We join just after breakfast when everyone is seated. 
Isn't it funny how caribou tastes so much like deer? Would you like to do Muckalucks oath, Your Majesty? No. This is your ceremony. I would like to speak before he takes the oath. Ian, let's drop the Your Majesty. If that's what you want, we will comply. Mukluk has as much blood right to the throne of the United Kingdom as I do. I'm here to rectify his lineages of expulsion with a formal writ of inclusion, with appointment as knight and assignment as ambassador at large for the United Kingdom. I may not have children, so a bloodline search makes you closer than any of the other families from our freehold, via the DNA we took when you studied at the freehold. Please take it, Mukluk, and let past wounds be healed. Thank you, Your Majesty. I will accept your author in the spirit it has been given. Let our families be at peace. That was unexpected. Now it's Ian and Reed's turn. Ian spoke the oath which Mukluk repeated. Reed signed as witness. Mukluk Mountbatten was now a scribe's companion. Then it was time to go. King Geoffrey went back to the seaplane and flew off to New London. Reed stayed. Is it your intention to go to China during the current crisis? Yes, that is what I intended. I think you need to wait. But Jack do his job. He'll want you to be there to sign and ratify any treaty or agreement he negotiates. You're the big stick who rides in and saves the day when things go bad. I thought showing up unannounced would bolster Jack's position. I think you'd be better keeping the trip for a reserve and give Jack the leeway he needs to succeed. Okay, I get the point. Who's the new person you brought, Steve? His name is Kevin Roy. He has agreed to work with me in Melbourne. Nice to meet you, Kevin. Welcome to the chaotic world of being a scribe. It couldn't be any worse than being an outcast in Australia because of not siding with Seth Tilly. I'm a skeptic where the Chinese are concerned. The rest of the settlers outcast by Seth Tilly moved up to old Indonesia to have regular dealings with them. Anyone who doesn't look like they do is treated as second class. Scribe Gates is right to suggest that your visit could have unintended reaction. I too agree. I think we ought to take the offer of a ship from the English and sail for Biloxi Harbor in the Outcast Nation. They have requested their nation's name to remain the title of Outcast Nation so that no one will forget where they came from and are going to in the future. I've been quiet for far too long. Ian, don't go to China. Jack's got a big stick fleet with him. He's also a better politician than either of us. For heaven's sake, let's go to Biloxi. Kaylee will be there, and we need to talk to her anyway. The Outcasts Nation are the last of the large groups that you've not visited. I see. Well, if Jack's in China, I might as well do something constructive. We need to visit with Chief Little Turkey as well. Okay. Now, where are those walrus task carvings, Mucklock? They are in the village. Walk with me. Mucklock led Ian and company to the village at the other end of the island. They were located where a megalithic site had been discovered in the 1990s. The ground had been easy to reclaim because as the ice retreated, it was scoured clean. It's nice to see children play. The village looked like a collection of small dwellings around a central green social area. The stockade extended around the entire village and was made of field stone. It was beautiful and picturesque. The Inuit had done themselves proud. The fishing fleet was a very visible presence in the small harbor. I see the fishing boats. 
What do they catch? Mostly herring, cod, and salmon. Those were the species that were saved and protected under sea enclosures of filtered water. The silver native salmon were allowed to return to their spawning grounds even during the dead times. They were the first colonizers, as it were. Harry and the scientists from Norway and Sweden had picked salmon where hot springs kept the land and inlets clear of ice. It has been a successful venture. We have fed our people well from those venerated stocks over 800 plus years. Ian, would it be possible for me to stay and study the life and standards of these wonderful people? They seem to have become self-sufficient far faster than some of our own populations. Besides, I already know how to gut a fish. My lessons were well taught. I can still see that day clearly in my mind. <laughs> hmm, I see stockades around the settlement. Why? We thought it prudent. The Finns were expelled 94 years ago, and have been active raiders. I thought it was only Danes and Swedes that went a Viking. We had discovered that the Laplanders and Finns were stealing from the stores. They had money, but stole rather than paying. Our work ethic that saw us through the last 2000 years is based in our currency exchange we use here. My grandfather was the judge that exiled them from the undersea facility with a year's supplies. They promptly began raiding the expanding settlements before being driven into the area of Latvia and as far south as old Poland. Those stone fences upon which the wooden stockade is built are effective, unless you're fighting someone with a flamethrower or something. Lars, the Scrimshaw collections are in that museum. Down the road to your right, my cousin Lisa Murdoch is the creator. She should be open by now. Not much museum traffic comes in the front gate, so ring the bell. Given the time, she will be processing goat milk in the creamery out back. Thanks ever so. I'd like to see that too. Does she use a pasteurization process? I believe she does. Her processed milk is packaged as shelf milk mostly. The skimmed cream is used in additional products. How simply marvelous. Ian, I'm going that way. Ping my tablet if you want something. Go, Lars. I'll be fine. Steven, is Kevin in the class starting for Scribes Companions and Teachers this coming September? Yes! Who's teaching that one this year? Karen Anthony and my mother. May God help the students and their ears. She's as tough as they come, so don't give her any reason to round on you. I've known her for five years now. She has eyes that can see right into your soul. All right, then. I'll walk with silent footballs. Aboriginal sayings come in handy, don't you think? Whatever you say, young Kevin. She's meticulous on diction for public speaking. You'll need that as you grow into your jobs. Muckluck, is that six-story stone tower house the town hall? Yes, that is the city services building. Hey, Stephen. There is what we call a fun fair this evening. Will you take a turn on the Bard's platform? I love it! What's the format? Singing, instrumentals, and poetry intermixed. Nice. However, there is a sign-up sheet. The small round house they walked to was made of stone with a thatched roof. It was Mucklucks, where he lives with his wife. Darn, we're not going to hear Stephen Gates sing. Boy, he escaped that one, didn't he? Concurrent time allows us to look forward and back at will. Kevin and Manny met and what is our future. Then they took the Sprites passage to the past. 
After orientation, they skipped back to April 4067 to do operating systems management courses with Rachel and the Lee O'Leary Jiu-Jitsu Introduction, which is a two-week course. I died in 4062, but didn't die at all. That's a story that gets told later. Before they go back to September, they will build Charlie's android body. Five months have passed since Muckluck joined Ian's team. It has been time spent well. Right now, we join Kevin and another newcomer, Manny Victoria. They are meeting after a day of classes at the Scribe Companion School. It's September 4th, 4067. Little did they know that Rachel had walked up behind them. Uh-oh, this ought to be interesting. <laughs> I know we've only been here three days, but why all this dry stuff? I hear all this diction and speech stuff is just a bunch of make work. I want to get to the scribe's passage map. Music appreciation and interspecies communications interest me. You can have the math. Yuck! The Latin, Spanish, and Chinese language classes start next week. You need the self-defense classes. If what I saw in the gym is real, and not just horsing around... Already got that set up. Leo Leary's awesome. <laughs> Oops! The two red-faced young men turned to face Rachel Robson. Gene Binos will be here with Cyanana Forrester to help you learn to use all your senses. Right now, it's dinner time. Sinana takes no prisoners, and her approach will have you jumping. Then Rachel turned and walked away toward the administration offices, thinking she needed to walk around and be seen more. It just would not do to become mythical before she was even 60. Is that who I think it was? Yepers, it was. She's beautiful and frightening. I couldn't talk. It was like she could see my soul, and it was petrified. Let's get to the cafeteria. Free food is always the best. It beats the lizards I had to eat all the time when Seth Tilly first outcast my family and I. Yes, it's that time to move on to Cassie and James Anthony's group as they climb into the half-track for the trip to Lordsburg. It's Wednesday. April 13th, 4067. Already done, Miss Cassie. Will y'all be driving all night, too? Charlie, have you been watching those archaic Roy Rogers movies with the professor again? Yes, I have, James. They are interesting studies in entertainment. I guess that's why they're so popular. Thank you, Charlie. I like them, too. Oh, Brian, since you're here and I forgot to ask, will you keep an eye on my house? The foresters wouldn't let anything happen, but when they cook for themselves, I'm always afraid they'll burn the garden to a crisp. I'll watch the house. It's more love me and love my cat, isn't it? I'm going with her, or it would fall to me, O'Brien. I'm loitering, so I can ask if you heard if Kelly was coming home this weekend. Yes, she and Canada have to work on mind touch linkages. I never knew such things existed until two years ago. O'Brien, is, is that why you're interested? No. Kelly and I have business to attend up at the Freehold. Renee Gretchen's daughter wants us there like yesterday. Something about investment dividends, and Kelly's got to sign stuff at Kirkson's proxy. Then, too, I hope she can stay a few days. It would be really nice to have her company for a bit. I'll bet. What, it's been a month? Get on down the road with you. I'll watch Mrs. B, the cat. You get all the good duties, O'Brien. Before they could get loaded, Sonata strolled up. It was the first time anyone had ever seen a scowl on Sonata's face. I wonder what this could be about. Let's listen in. The grade schools here need the Arbiter's lessons plans before you run off. I posted those an hour ago. Charlie, can you verify delivery? Cassie, I will. Calling Don. Something's wrong. My thoughts are looping and looping. 
Tony, are you on the line? I'm here, Cassie. I'll call Don. The AIs here at Black Sea are down, but the radio is still working, and so is this tablet link. Oh, great. Now I get to play narrator. Oh, well. Everything was loaded, so they climbed aboard, laughing and waving, dangerously leaning out of windows, while O'Brien watched them roll out of JJC. Don was transferring directly to Freehold 3 from the Scribes Academy College. Charlie's repair is the priority. Charlie, Charlie 2, and Charlie 3 are offline. Steve Kirkson and I are still online from just north of the Caucasus Mountains in our trek to find the Finns and Laplanders. As long as the radio and tablet links stay up, we'll be available to you, Don. It's in that sealed room behind the Ian's apartments on level two. The data storage units are on level one in the clean rooms. So suit up before you go in there. We got the diagnostic equipment. Steve, is there an access not key to Ian? Kenny's coming. He's down in communications. He has the keys. I wish Charlie was talking. He can't tell us what's wrong unless he's talking. Who'd want to mess up the AI? How'd the AI get messed up? Steve says that door hasn't been open in at least a thousand years. Take light machine oil to lube the hinges. Those doors are on piano hinges that run the full length of the door. I've brought oil, air cans, and brushes. The dust can be corrosive. I'm here. The keys are here. Why are you all in the hallway? The computer virus. How? All the tablets bleeped. It was Eric L. Busby from another dimension. Don't get me to lying. I'm just the announcer playing narrator at this point. Hello, hello. This thing sounds like I'm in a one of those funky phone booths. Hello? Is there anybody there? My computer's cat. Bob, kept him alive for me. Is he available? I am the professor here. Bob is just such a mundane name. I needed a new one. Tell me you weren't playing Fortnite or Krampus again. Oh, I wasn't playing either one of those. In fact, I was mixing a new Byron episode for the Byron Chronicles and posting on Instagram at the same time. What's Instagram? Could all the realities be linked through the AI somehow? That would be a bit too much for me. Screw it. Help me. I need a doctor. A sonic screwdriver. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. Ah! Are you going to help me or not, Bob? Um, I'm sorry, Professor. The crap I go through for an episode. Ah! Stay tuned for our next episode. See if Charlie lives. Wait and see if Cassie gets home again. Or gets tied up with the wraiths. If Ian gets home. Or what else could happen? This is Kyle Robeson signing off. Hi, my name is Tracy Fabian, co-author of the Carlson Chronicles podcast. My husband... J.A. Babian, the main author, had a triple stroke in the latter part of August of this year. Jerry was lifelighted to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a brain bleed that the doctors thought they were going to have to do surgery on him, which surely would have killed him. Thank the Lord they didn't. He survived that brain bleed and swelling, but he is in need of so much for his recovery. I have started a GoFundMe to help with all the costs that I just don't have. I retired back in April of this year so that I could take care of Jerry, as he was starting to show signs then that I just didn't catch. Little did I know this would be a blessing in disguise. He is fighting this setback of memory loss and 75% use of his right leg, arm, along with his cognitive speech.
Considering the doctor said he would not make it, I consider him to be a miracle. Medicare has only granted 12 visits of physical and speech therapy twice a week. He needs at least six months worth of speech therapy alone. That is a total of $4,000 we need to pay up front that I just don't have. So far, we have had $775 in donations of the 10000 we need come in. Please donate today so that he can get his needed medication, therapy, and also help pay bills that Medicare just will not cover, even if it's only $5. I update this account so folks can see his progress. You can go to my Facebook account, Tracy Babian VO, to find the pinned link with the title Jerry Babian Stroke Victim Needs. Jerry says, thank you. I still have a lot to write on my stories that I want to get done. Please help me to achieve that goal. Thank you in advance for your donation. Tracy Babian